Letter thirty seven of Letters of John Keats to His Family and Friends. Edited by Sidney Colvin. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Nemo. To John Hamilton Reynolds, Hampstead, February nineteenth, eighteen eighteen. My dear Reynolds, I had an idea that a man might pass a very pleasant life in this manner. Let him on a certain day read a certain page full of poesy or distilled prose, and let him wander with it and muse upon it and reflect from it, and bring home to it and prophecy upon it and dream upon it, until it becomes stale. But when will it do so? Never. When man has arrived at a certain ripeness in intellect, any one grand and spiritual passage serves him as a starting post towards all the two and thirty palaces. How happy is such a voyage of conception! What delicious, diligent indolence! A doze upon a sofa does not hinder it, and a nap upon clover engenders ethereal finger-pointings. The prattle of a child gives it wings, and the converse of middle age a strength to beat them a strain of music conducts to an odd angle of the aisle and when the leaves whisper it puts a girdle round the earth nor will this sparing touch of noble books be any irreverence to their writers for perhaps the honours paid by man to man are trifles in comparison to the benefit done by great works to the spirit and pulse of good by their mere passive existence memory should not be called knowledge many have original minds who do not think it they are led away by custom now it appears to me that almost any man may like the spider spin from his own inwards his own airy citadel the points of leaves and twigs on which the spider begins her work are few and she fills the air with a beautiful circuiting man should be content with as few points to tip with the fine web of his soul and weave a tapestry empyrean full of symbols for his spiritual eye of softness for his spiritual touch of space for his wandering of distinctness for his luxury but the minds of mortals are so different and bent on such diverse journeys that it may at first appear impossible for any common taste and fellowship to exist between two or three under these suppositions it is however quite the contrary minds would leave each other in contrary directions traverse each other in numberless points and at last greet each other at the journey's end an old man and a child would talk together and the old man be led on his path and the child left thinking man should not dispute or assert but whisper results to his neighbour and thus by every germ of spirit sucking the sap from mould ethereal every human might become great and humanity instead of being a wide heath of firs and briars with here and there a remote oak or pine would become a grand democracy of forest trees it has been an old comparison for our urging on the beehive however it seems to me that we should rather be the flower than the bee for it is a false notion 
that more is gained by receiving than giving no the receiver and the giver are equal in their benefits the flower i doubt not receives a fair guerdon from the bee its leaves blush deeper in the next spring and who shall say between man and woman which is the most delighted now it is more noble to sit like jove than to fly like mercury let us not therefore go hurrying about and collecting honey bee-like buzzing here and there impatiently from a knowledge of what is to be arrived at but let us open our leaves like a flower and be passive and receptive budding patiently under the eye of apollo and taking hints from every noble insect that favors us with a visit sap will be given us for meat and dew for drink i was led into these thoughts my dear reynolds by the beauty of the morning operating on a sense of idleness i have not read any books the morning said i was right i had no idea but of the morning and the thrush said i was right seeming to say o thou whose face hath felt the winter's wind whose eye has seen the snow-clouds hung in mist and the black elm-tops among the freezing stars to thee the spring will be a harvest time o thou whose only book has been the light of supreme darkness which thou fedest on night after night when phoebus was away to thee the spring shall be a triple morn o fret not after knowledge i have none and yet my song comes native with the warmth o fret not after knowledge i have none and yet the evening listens he who saddens at thought of idleness cannot be idle and he's awake who thinks himself asleep now i am sensible all this is a mere sophistication however it may neighbor to any truths to excuse my own indolence so i will not deceive myself that man should be equal with jove but think himself very well off as a sort of scullion mercury or even a humble bee it is no matter whether i am right or wrong either one way or another if there is sufficient to lift a little time from your shoulders your affectionate friend john keats end of letter thirty seven